Hello and welcome to Masterpiece Audio Theatre. This is the tenth episode in the Dog Days of Advent. Joining us in the booth today is not the cast of my choosing. Brother, I'm sure the listeners are happy with the arrangement. <laughs> I've been reading all the comments threads about how I'm one of a kind and super special. <laughs> they all love me. Going off the rails already, I see. That rude voice you just heard is my brother, Hieronimo Stewart, my mother's little hero. Sir Percy, I can always speak with your mother about him. I think I explained this on her level. Percy, that is no longer my name. Oops, spilt a bit. Anyone got a cloth to clean that up? Sir Hector, I know things have been hard on you, but the sign on the door says no open food or drinks. Maybe you should lay off the hooch. Hooch indeed. This is a fine Scot from the somewhere or other. A fine place, trust me. I will just toss this back and go back to the flask that Geoffrey found for me. Geoffrey, you're responsible for this? Look, someone puts in a requisition form, and I provide. That's how the system works. I don't ask questions. Suits me just fine. <laughs> Percy's a lot less of an uptight jerk when he's tied one on. <laughs> Shut up, you miserable little git. If it were not for Mummy's interference, I'd... <sighs> Never mind. This is all very much off script, and we must get back on track. The others here suffering in my misery are Tom Later, Menchik Majenovic, Jeffrey Ventura, and Jay Langerjans. Langerjans? <laughs> Why, it's funny. Oh, so funny, Thermos. Sorry, Jay. I don't know what happened there. I... Uh, it's fine, Sir Hector, but maybe you should take it easy on that flask until we're done the show. Good idea. I shall only drink, if absolutely necessary, to calm my nerves. Look, Mummy didn't get me back on this show so I could sit here and watch you feel sorry for yourself. Holy tomatoes! That was one hell of a pull there, Sir Hector. You remind me of my Grandma Gertie with her medicinal moonshine. Well, my nerves need a touch of calming just now. Moving this along, I don't have much time to waste right now. Why's that? I've got to pee. <laughs> All right, let's get this done. The audiobook we're reviewing is, um, um, I've got this. The audiobook we're reviewing today is called Leviathan Wakes. It was written by James S.A. Corey, and it was narrated by Jefferson Mays. It was 20 hours and 56 minutes long, and it was published by Hachette Audio. Those were my lines, but that sounded really good. Keep practicing. Maybe we'll have a spot for you on the show later. Tom, it's your turn to read the book jacket. For sure, Sir Hector. Leviathan Wakes, the first book in the landmark Expanse series, now a major television series from Amazon Prime.
Leviathan Wakes is James S.A. Corey's first novel in the epic New York Times best-selling series, The Expanse, a modern masterwork of science fiction in which humanity has colonized the solar system. Two hundred years after migrating into space, mankind is in turmoil when a reluctant ship's captain and a washed-up detective find themselves involved in the case of a missing girl. What they discover brings our solar system to the brink of civil war and exposes the greatest conspiracy in human history. The other titles on the Expanse series are Caliban's War, Abaddon's Gate, Chibola Burn, Nemesis Games, Babylon's Ashes, Persepolis Rising, and then there's the Expanse short fiction, you know, novellas, The Butcher of Anderson Station, Gods of Risk, The Churn, and The Vital Abyss. Thank you, Tom. Indeed, they even managed to make the end of the book jacket boring. Ha ha ha! Ah, I think that was the best sip. Shout out to Michael Butler. Seems to me that every time Hera here spouts off, Sir Hector's nerves need a dousing. Really? That could be lots of fun. <laughs> nope. That was the best sip. Or it could be lots of pain. Keep talking and we'll find out. I no have time to waste here. I have important appointment after the show. We'll not be late. Are you threatening me? Well, perhaps that was. I am telling you what might happen. You choose if it is threat or not. Could be like in book, asphyxiation, a horrible way to die. Mother will hear about this. <laughs> Assuredly she will, as I will tell her during meeting later this evening. My God, man! That's insane! Why would you do such a thing? She is strong, independent woman. I admire her still. My mummy? Our mummy? This book, wow. Look, fellas, I get that no one wants to know that there's a fox sniffing around your hen house, but the listeners aren't here for an episode of The Sopranos. We're here to jaw about this here book. And let me start by saying, wow, what a story. This book and the whole series is just awesome. I know what you mean, Tom. This is some of the best new science fiction out there. I love how it explains space with physics and science. It really makes it feel real. Things I'd never even thought of being an issue up there are life and death events. So much can go wrong. I got bored. There's so much description and the characters weren't that interesting. I couldn't relate to any of them. <laughs> That's because you've been a pampered Twitch your entire life. Are you kidding me? Those characters were super well written. They were real people. Maybe that's why you couldn't relate. Probably. Single-mindedness of main character is very believable. His need to spread truth to galaxy is admirable. I love the scenes with conflict. They're written in a way that makes me on edge of my seat. 
You're telling me, space war? Like you couldn't start off better in my opinion. And then to follow it up with vomit zombies? Mr. Corley knows how to write a good book. Oh, gross. I'd forgotten about those things. I don't know which is worse. Something biting and eating people to make them monsters? Or, or something puking on people to convert them? <laughs> If I creep this up... The whole climax of the book was wonderfully gross. He was really able to paint a picture in your brain of what they were facing. And Miller... I mean, how can you not like that guy? He was a fool! He was a hero! Unlike you, you show wrecker! Don't make me call mummy! We know. I have tell you already. I show you how asphyxiation works without the vacuum of space, if you keep that up. Usually, I would caution against violence and threatening in the booth. But, in this case, don't get any blood on the carpet. I found the genetic differences between the Belters, Earthers, and those from Mars to be super interesting. Like I said, things that I'd never even thought of before. Big heads and elongated bodies for those born in light or no gravity? The large frames due to low gravity on Mars? I'd love to see the elegance of those born in space as they move around their stations and ships like mermaids in space. Now that would be something I would watch. I'm wondering if that's a thing. I'm sure Melissa the bathtub mermaid would know. I'll send her a communication. I want a Rosie for myself. That would be an awesome addition to the collection in the hangar. Oh, sure. I suppose you'd just jump in it on Friday and take a trip to Mars and be back on Sunday. <laughs> I don't think you were paying attention to the book, Geronimo. It takes a long time to travel that kind of distance, and you can only take so many levels of G-Force. Like, that's a major fact that dictates how their whole world works in the book. He never pays attention. We should vote. Tom, why don't you go first? All right, Sir Hector. I cottoned to this book, and I like the other books we listened to in the series. It gripped me like a corn in a hound dog's mouth from the first chapter, and it never let me go. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 for story. I really enjoyed the narration. It feels like a great fit to the pace of the story, and I also give that a 9 out of 10. Thank you, Tom. Jeffrey? I think I covered it all in my report. Space War, Wicked Tech. It's a 9 out of 10 railgun rounds for a story, and another 8 rounds for narration. You're voting in ammunition? Better that than ounces of alcohol. <laughs> I am warning you. Vault, then climb up. Capiche? If you had a neck and smaller shoulders, I'd... I'd... All right, fine, you win. I vote six for both narration and story. <laughs> That's a pair of sevens. I'm adding the points because I hate you. Menchek, your vote... I like strong mob boss in book. I think author did good job creating real characters, people who matter to their world. This is worthy of 9 out of 10. Combine that with great performance by Jefferson Mays. Oh, good. He gets a 9 out of 10 also. Thank you, Manchek. Who's left? 
That would be me, Sir Hector. I find the entire thing captivating. Similar to Tom's thoughts, it hooked me and I couldn't put it down. I give the story a perfect ten, and I give the narration a nine. Good, good. That's all of you then. Right. I personally like the story. I found myself looking for things to do so that I could keep listening. I give it a nine for story and an eight for narration. Now, to do some math, railgun rounds. I got this for you, Sir Hector. The averages are 8.3 for narration and 8.8 for story. Thank you, Jay. I'm having a spot of trouble here. We got you, Sir Hector. You just sit back now and let us bring the horses back to the barn. We as a group would like to recommend this audio book. It was an awesome science fiction story, and it was coupled with a strong voice to tell it to you. It's what we'd call creditworthy. Sure is, Tom. Uh, yep. So, with that said, from all of us here at Masterpiece Audio Theater, we wish you a good evening and a good night. How much was in that flask, Jeffrey? You have been listening to Empath Studios' presentation of Masterpiece Audio Theater. This special edition is for the dark days of Advent. This episode was written by J.G. Langjans and Gary Buzzard. Sound clips are from GarageBand, and they can be found in their samples library. We can be found at nimlast.org, or you can email us at j at jglangjans.com. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0, unported license. Thanks for joining us.